1: For more detailed information, visit their website at cardinalcap.net. You can also call them 225-308-3700 or email them info at cardinalcap.net.
0: So, Mr. Davis, how about we have ourselves a little helping a tech gumbo? On this cold, wintry day, sounds delightful. We're going to start off with a little bit of a follow-up, talking about FTX, the cryptocurrency exchange that, shall we say, run afoul of more than just the law oh yeah
1: they just are following the trend of having a major tech corporation implode and last week we talked about how they had gone through a rough bit and now it appears that the ceo sam bankman fried had to make sure that he was taken care of. There are reports out now that a backdoor was built into FTX such that up to $2 billion in user funds could be secretly siphoned out of user accounts and dumped into his private hedge fund.
0: That's not quite what a golden parachute looks like, but it sure is a nice escape hatch with your own extra set of parachutes to jump out of the plane that's soaring along through the skies and on its way into the ground. How far
1: is this plane going to go? All the way to the scene of the crash. There is. A lot of people are going to be looking for him in not just the U.S., all over the globe. And it's, as we said last week, not a good sign whenever your company is not allowed to be headquartered in the United States. And he rumors had it that he was on a plane on his way to Argentina. And I suspect that he's not making his way out of Argentina for a very long time.
0: Yeah, this company, Alameda, which was kind of like a holding company for a lot of funds and he was slushing through. And turns out Alameda was a little bit closer to a true Ponzi scheme than anyone even thought about.
1: Yeah, in the past, we joked, not joked, that crypto was a Ponzi scheme. But basically what he was doing is he was running Alameda like a hedge fund that would invest in crypto startups. But the one catch was that startup had to store all of their funds on his exchange. And then he would then use that additional money to go invest in new startups who would also invest on his exchange. This is the definition of a Ponzi scheme. And those all work really well until someone pulls the rug and the house of cards collapses.
0: And not to be outdone, because there's really, there were two main players there was ftx and binance as far as the the trading platforms apparently binance is kind of on a shaky ground themselves
1: yeah so whenever we were doing the research for this episode you know we said that it's not great that ftx is not headquartered in the u.s and so we said okay well you know binance were at first they were going to buy ftx and then took a look at the books and said absolutely not We said, well, where is Binance headquartered? Is it headquartered here in the U.S.? And it turns out in 2019, it was banned from operations in the U.S. It was also banned from operations in the U.K. It was also banned from operations in Japan and Italy and Germany. It is, however, approved in France. But whenever you start going through the G7 like that and all of them are resoundingly telling you to get out, oh, that just does not feel good.
0: Yeah, Binance was started as a company in the Cayman Islands, which is notorious for their fast and loose way of doing banking. And so now all of a sudden. The two biggest platforms, FTX and Binance, is not looking all that great themselves. How many people really have any money left in crypto and by the end of the year? As more people find this information out, are you going to leave any money in cryptocurrency? I know you don't currently have any of yourself, but how many people that you know are going to go run out and go buy some cryptocurrency when the two biggest platforms are complete frauds that's
1: definitely a great question because i think one of the things which we didn't talk about last week is it's more than just the monetary assets it's also the soft trust in institutions that you know ftx was really trying to build a name for itself it was really trying to build a brand for itself we mentioned that they had the naming rights to The Miami Heat basketball arena, they were investing in a lot of other spaces targeted at younger demographics. And whenever you see them implode like this, you really have to think that that shakes people's trust because crypto is a very complex industry. It's really tough to get down to the nuts and bolts and act to that level. You need casual users and for casual users, They have to trust the gears of the system to function properly. And if you keep just burning people like this, absolutely lighting all of that goodwill on fire, there's only so many times that people are going to get burned. And at some point in time, they say, I don't want it anymore. I just it doesn't doesn't feel good.
0: You got to wonder how much longer can this dream, this fantasy world called cryptocurrency, does it stick around? Does it just kind of shrivel up and then maybe come back in some other flavor later on? But when everything is based upon vaporware, it's just really hard to sit there and say, yeah, I'm going to go put 10 grand of my money in in Bitcoin, which is still around the $16,000 a coin range, which is like we said last week, it's that's less than it was in 2017
1: I agree I, I with your assessment that we might see crypto really dive here and it's probably gonna have to be reimagined into something different it, it if it comes back it will be in a very different form maybe closer to what the the founders and the true believers think it is which is not this asset not this monetary entity but that's a long way away and it's you're going to have to do a lot of things very differently in order to not just repeat this exact same cycle in 5 years.
0: You're going to tear the house down all the way to the studs, get down where, to the foundation and then start trying to rebuild. You've completely lost the trust. You've you've got a zero valuation. You have less than zero valuation on a, on most of these coins or all these different currencies and it's it's just it's not a good time to, to be in, in the cryptocurrency world. Very much agree. Moving on, 40 states have now won almost $400 million in a privacy suit against Google. The state of Louisiana is one of them. That's right. There were uh, there was seven or eight states that led the initial lawsuit led by attorneys generals from those different states. and. The, you know, as it turned out, it it went all the way up to about 20, 25 of the states that joined in on the suit. And this was all about they were they were suing Google for collecting personal and behavioral location data and then selling that to advertisers.
1: I'm glad that the collective attorneys general went out and fought for me in this way. My concern is that this is a 400 million dollar privacy suit that represents less than half of 1% of Google's yearly revenue. And so sure, you hit them with this great fine that is really going to tell them to please don't do that anymore. But whenever they're making billions of dollars a year, collecting users' behavioral and location data and selling it to advertisers, this is just the cost of doing business for them. And if anything, will probably serve to further reinforce their behavior, because if they know this is the, the maximum that you can get from them, you know, maybe next time you'll be up to 0.75% of 1% of their yearly revenue. This is just, it's like swatting a mosquito for them. And so, cool, great, but I don't expect this to change anything.
0: No, it it really isn't. I mean, yes, Google is saying, oh, we don't do that anymore. We stopped collecting that personal and, and behavioral location data and selling it to advertisers. Now we're just collecting all the other data that we really want and we're selling that data. Now, if your personal behavior and your locations show up in that data, well, so be it, we're selling that too.
1: Yeah. If we can infer one from the other, we're not tracking your location, but we did just so happen to notice that you looked at an ad of this one store and then we noticed a transaction at that one store. And so we can assume you went to that store. So we can assume you were there and oh, while you were there, you know, we noticed another transaction. And so now we know you're walking around the mall. And so now we've got you. And that's how all this works is that once they have enough data, they can start to see that one missing puzzle piece, which allows them to see the next missing puzzle piece. And so they're able to build really robust profiles about who we are, what we're doing, and how can more better ads be
0: sold to us. Good on those attorneys, General. You, 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 you took a little pocket change out of, out of Google, but then you got you to you win. Congratulations. So Tim Cook, the CEO of Apple, has come out and said, we're going to stop using those chips made in China. We're going to start using chips made in the United States and in Europe.
1: Yes, this is a very big deal. One of the Biden plans was to devote a lot of money towards building computer chips here in the U.S. because of national security reasons. And so this TSMC, this chip-making plant, will be built in Arizona. And Apple has already come out and said that whenever that plant comes online, they will make the switch.
0: That's right. By the year 2024, and that's how long it takes to build one of these big plants to do these types of things, that's two years out. They're saying they will have plant have, have the plant available and the chips will start rolling off the line, hopefully, in 2024. Right.
1: The Apple has also announced that they've planned to move other parts of the iPhone manufacturing out of China as well into India and Vietnam, shifting their, their plans in general to show that the less that we can be reliant on the Chinese government and the more that we can be reliant on governments that are a bit more trustworthy and transparent— that has a lot of benefits all the way down the line.
0: Absolutely. So good good for Apple. This is, I think this is great. Bring bring some of that, that money back to the U.S. Let, let's make the chips here and then go assemble it wherever else you want to put your phones together.
1: All right. The next story is a fun one talking about the Taylor Swift tour and how the Ticketmaster and Live Nation merger has created a huge monopoly bottleneck that's, For this specific tour, she announced was just an absolute mess for anyone wanting to buy a ticket. The queues were thousands of people deep to buy the tickets. The demand was insane. I saw people listing ticket prices for $12,000 a seat. And so there have been a lot of calls to break up this monopoly because while, yes, this specific instance is bad, a number, a huge number of people have had terrible experiences with the Ticketmaster Live Nation merger.
0: Well, this may come as a a big shock, but I was not one of those people that was caught off guard and and just wringing my hands and, and, and fret over the fact that I could not buy Taylor Swift tickets to go to see her in concert. But for those folks out there who were, I can understand being pretty upset that Hey, if you want to go see Taylor Swift, you got to go to Ticketmaster because that's where all the tickets are. And then Ticketmaster doesn't work.
1: It also has a huge problem with bots and scalpers, that there are bots which will buy up large numbers of tickets instantaneously and then turn around and resell them for 10 or 50 times the original starting price. The original tickets were somewhere between $50 and $500, but secondary markets can see them from $800 to $20,000 per ticket. And if you're just some average Joe on the street, you're not going to drop the $20,000 per ticket. And you never had a chance because some bot got there first.
0: That really is a problem. And we've talked about having bots buying Xboxes and PlayStations for Christmas in the past. And now you've got the same thing going on here with concert tickets and that's just crazy to me. Number one, that anybody would pay $500 for a ticket to see anybody in concert. But then that's just the face value of the ticket. Then to turn around and pay 20 grand for a ticket, I, I that just is astounding to me that you you would even consider that.
1: Well, that's can what they were having- listed for. Whether or not that it was actually sold at that price, that's what some scalper thinks they can get for it.
0: Fair enough, fair enough. But I, I still just think that's a big problem that there has to be something that gets in the way of these bots buying everything and then selling everything on secondary markets. That's just it, that's just wrong on way too many levels.
1: Oh, absolutely. And hopefully something is done about this. You know, We've talked a bit in the past that the Justice Department is beginning to maybe think a little bit about becoming more anti-monopoly. If it does start to pick up steam in that direction, this would very much be an easy one to go after and target. But until they actually take meaningful steps to prevent these mergers or to actually split up companies like this, which they have done many generations in the past, but as of right now, they don't appear to be interested in doing that. And so there's not a whole lot, not a whole that I'm excited about or optimistic that this will change.
0: The last story we wanted to talk about Amazon is really trying to take a shot at Spotify and Apple and several other music platforms by making it music, much more music available as part of their prime offerings.
1: I saw this, that they are looking to, you know, roll out Amazon Music Prime or Prime Music, however they're going to brand it specifically. But this is interesting. I have been critical of Spotify in the past for a number of reasons, but in the biggest problem is that there's just not a, a major competitor to Spotify. That and if you're part of, part of the Apple uh, umbrella, then it makes sense. But I don't have an Apple phone. I don't have an Apple computer. I'm not in the Apple ecosystem. And so I'm, I'm not gonna switch over to them just for their music service. And so having this third offer come along, this this new product to provide competition, that's now you have my attention because I'm already a prime subscriber anyway. If music comes along free, I'm not even really having to go out of my way. It's already there for me.
0: It's interesting because now you've got one monopoly going after a different monopoly, which is also has a third monopoly out there. And oh, by the way, there's this other small little company maybe you've heard about walmart plus they're also trying to roll out a music streaming service as part of their platform when you're a walmart plus subscriber and then there's the old old folks like me who still like my pandora and it's now i'm calling that into question gee do i spend that four dollars a month on pandora or do i just get my music for free from amazon because i'm an amazon prime subscriber
1: and it's, you can see this is part of Amazon's plan to grow in a number of places. In the past few years, they've bought uh, the rights to Thursday Night Football from the NFL, and they're streaming it on their Twitch platform. And this is honestly a good like, viewing experience for me. I have Twitch, and so as someone who doesn't have cable, instead of sitting there trying to fight, you know, oh, does ESPN have it, does the CBS, is it the Fox app, having it on Twitch, and it's a very high quality stream. You know, it's, it's sharp, it's crisp, it's clear, it's steady. And you have some of the, the Amazon next gen stats pop up on it as well, which are kind of fun. I'm like, oh, well, I am enjoying this. Like, this is a, a high quality packaging of the NFL. And so yeah, it's it's another uh, monopoly doing this, and I don't love playing right into their hands, but if you're going to do something really well,
0: it's hard for me to turn it down. Part of the problem is that it's just been crappy games on Thursday night. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but at least they're they're trying to dress up. They're putting lipstick on the pig that, hey— Here's a, here's some cool things to look at while the game sucks. But we're doing these fun things over here, so, so come watch the games and yeah. It's so great for Amazon that they're they're getting into the music to to compete with. Everybody else that's got a streaming service out there, uh, I think this is, it's good. There's just more players, and and that, that does provide more competition. So now I can listen to more of my Taylor Swift instead of having to spend 20 grand on a concert ticket.
1: You're right. There's more players in one market, but it's all the same players getting into every market. And I think that's the thing that's concerning.
0: Yeah, the only one missing on this right now is Microsoft. For now. We want to thank General Informatics for sponsoring our show. General Informatics is an information technology firm with a mission to make our clients even more successful through the best use of technology. Based in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, General Informatics is a premier IT-managed service provider delivering exceptional managed IT solutions to a diverse base of customers across the southeastern United States. From the beginning, we have maintained our commitment to meeting the growing needs of our clients through continuous innovation. With over 20 years of experience and a team of 180-plus employees, including technicians, engineers, program designers, GI has evolved to become the leading IT partner of business schools and government agencies. Our managed services teams can run your digital infrastructure or support your team on an on-demand basis, letting you focus on your business strengths. This has become a proven formula, so proven that 98% of our clients continue to do business with us year after year. Whether you need IT services, new technology, or have a question, visit us on the web at geninf.com. If you enjoyed our show today, we are here on Talk 273 FM
1: every Saturday at 4 p.m. And the show reruns Sundays also at 4 p.m. If you missed any part of the show or you'd like to hear this or previous episodes, check out our podcast. Available on almost every podcast platform, including iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music Audible, and more. When you're there, be sure to subscribe so you get notified every time we post a new episode. If you like our show or you have any suggestions, let us know on our website at www.techgumbo.net. Thank you for listening to Tech Gumbo.